Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What say you, Richard Ellett Murdoch, are you guilty or not guilty of the felonies wherein you stand and die? Not guilty. How shall you be tried? By God and my country. The exact time when Paul and Maggie Murdoch were murdered. At the end of the investigation, it was obvious. I'm not here to work with them. Okay. And the whole point is to have this not fall in the wrong hands. This case is unique, it's unprecedented in South Carolina history. You encouraged her to go to Moza. I did. Was that the last time you talked to her? Yes. Emotional testimony today in the Murdoch murder trial. Heartbreaking testimony that we heard from Marion Proctor just now. We're going to hear more from her. Uh, she's the older and only sister of Maggie Murdoch. Uh, they were extremely close, according to Marion. We heard her testimony as well as her husband, Bart, got up on the stand. Before we get to that, I want to share with you some information that we've just learned, which is about uh, the one of the, the lead sled agent for this investigation. Uh, you know, we're coming to the very end of this prosecution's case against Alec Murdoch, and it's time to start connecting the dots mm -hmm. and hearing what's going on. And we understand right now that that uh, testimony from that sled agent could be delayed because of a death in the family. So we're thinking that it could be back on track as soon as tomorrow. We're going to have to wait and see, but that is a critical uh, testimony that we have to hear from sort of the head of the sled agency. Now, with me tonight, I have my exclusive legal analyst for CIV and Unsolved South Carolina podcast, The Murdoch's Murder, Money, and Mystery. Uh, Mr. Charlie Condon, and we he's uh, also next to executive producer Drew Tripp. And behind the, the, the controls tonight, uh, running the board, is Maxwell Harrison, our chief photographer. He can also field some questions for you if you are listening to this live and have uh, some burning questions, need to know some answers before we, we head into tomorrow's uh, trial. So uh, let's talk a little bit about um, what happened. We know that the lead sled agent's going to possibly be delayed a little bit. Is there anything to discuss about this right now, or do we just kind of hold tight and hope that, you know, unfortunately it, it, it did stop testimony today, didn't it? It changed the order, I think, clearly. And he is in our his family, thoughts and prayers. And it's just life goes on uh, with a long trial like this, and things happen that are unfortunate. So, as I've said, he's in our thoughts and prayers, and his family is, and uh, I think we all feel the same way. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, we've, we've only seen them, you know, literally in front of me this whole time, you know, where I'm sitting on, on where, where my media seat is basically, he is literally one, mm -hmm. one, uh, pew in front of me. And he's been the one sort of holding all of the evidence boxes. He's the one that has been, you know, sort of handing things to the prosecutors. This is by all, uh, accounts, certainly, uh, his case to be to right, be right. testifying yeah, on yeah. so we're really hoping that he gets a chance to connect some of these dots for the state's case now i want to go back to um marion proctor's testimony today as well that was so compelling uh you heard the first part where she said and you could hear the pain in her voice there were times that it was you could see that the the jury was was visibly shaken by hearing what Marion had to say. Um, let's go ahead and pull the clip real quick so we can hear a little bit more from Marion. We were afraid. We didn't know what was going on. Uh, my family was scared. I was scared for Alec and um, Buster. I felt like they needed protection. Um, I think everybody was afraid. And, um, Alec didn't seem to be afraid. I did at one point ask him if Maggie had suffered, and he assured me that she did not. And then later I, I asked him, I said, Alec, do you have any idea who's done this? I said, we have got to find out who's done, who, who could do this. And he said that he did not know who it was but he felt like whoever did it had thought about it for a really long time. That was just the most eerie thing. Wasn't it? Yeah. To hear her right. saying yeah. this I and know. knowing how close the two of them were. What did, what did you make of this, this testimony? Powerful testimony. I do think the emotions were very raw in that courtroom. And we, the jurors, of course, uh, had gone through yesterday with the autopsy photos, and they had them again this morning. And then they had this later this, af this afternoon. It was just, I think people are a bit drained by it all because of, of the raw emotion. But she was an important witness, I do believe, for the state. Overall, there are a few things the defense got out. But basically, from the state standpoint, this is the first time you had someone from Maggie's family there. Mm -hmm. And that changed, I thought, the really the dynamic of inside the courtroom and then what she had to say. She also had to say, in addition to that sound clip, she also, which I thought was very... Uh, compelling. She said that the defendant's main motivation after these murders was not to find the killers, but was to clear Paul's name, mm -hmm. which I thought was hard to think about that, right? You, you, your, your, your wife's been murdered by a um, someone you don't know who that might be. Your son's been murdered. You would think all your energy would be in, in bringing them to justice. Mm -hmm. Flipping that around, if the state of South Carolina is wrong and their process, this, ca this case is not founded, you're also being prosecuted. You're an innocent person sitting here in Walterboro, South Carolina, being accused of what you didn't do. So it's it's a it's a double travesty or injustice that way. So I thought her putting in that timeline that when she was dealing with him, that he wasn't worried about catching the killers so much. He was worried about clearing Paul's name. That I thought was. Uh, a strong piece of circumstantial evidence. What do you think, Drew? I, 
I agree. I think she by far has been the state's most powerful witness to date. Um, we can add a little bit more context to some things, uh, what, what you were just mentioning. Um, first of all, it, when we played that soundbite a minute ago. We edited that down a good bit for time. I'm sure if you were watching along with the trial, you realized that. Um, one of the things that she said uh, in there was that she asked Ma Alec if Maggie had suffered, and he said she'd not, but then she paused, and we didn't play this, but she paused and said, now she's not so sure. Um, right. Right. more, oh, more yeah. and more throughout listening to her testimony today, you could tell the doubt has long since set in for her mm -hmm. and for, uh, it would, it would seem her side of the family, Maggie's family. Um, there's so much, so much with the context to add. Uh, she, we learned today, she's the one who told Maggie to go to Moselle. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the first thought that we played. Yeah, that she had encouraged her to go to Moselle. And I'm, I'm really. There's just couldn't, there's couldn't so feel, much. She felt guilty about that. Then you oh, feel it, and I, very I much so, so unfortunate. She feels that way because you know why would she not encourage her to do what she did? Well, and it was she encouraged her because and because the story that we've heard all mm -hmm. along is that that Maggie indeed was was asked to come as was Paul to Moselle by Alec and that that Alec didn't like to be at Moselle by himself. And now Alec was dealing with his dad going into the hospital and all of this drama going on with his own parents. Oh, yeah, that was another good another um, point from the state. Remember right. the testimony about that she encouraged her to go because the thinking was that they were going to visit Alex's parents, right, at Almeida. Mm -hmm. And she didn't go there, right. right? And so the defense tried to explain that in cross-examination, which I think was somewhat effective, in, in that that Sister Murdoch had gone to the hospital, so therefore she didn't particularly like visiting the, right. the in-law with Alzheimer's. So they tried to temper that a bit. But yeah. I thought that was powerful, though, that there was a change she thought she would be at Almeida, didn't go that day, and said she was said she was murdered that day. Yeah, so. that was very, I think that was one of, I mean, she didn't say it was one of her red flags, but it certainly seemed like that was one of the things that was casting doubt into Marion, mm -hmm. you know, early on. And then the fact that when she kept on asking, you know, are you looking for the killer? Like, what are we going to do about this killer? Where is the killer? And then he's like, well, we're going to really be able to clear Paul's name now. And she's like, wait a minute. That's We've got a killer on the loose. And she's so worried about the safety for Buster, too. It's not just right. about Alec. It's just a, this is a horrific situation. Yeah, right. And to, and to jump forward a little bit, what's interesting about this is that then she became disabused of believing Alex because of the roadside shooting. Remember that oh, testimony? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. And so where we stand now in the trial, which is to me, from a legal standpoint, is fascinating. Judge Newman, wisely, because I, I think this is a critical decision he's got to make, is the state wants to put in evidence. I don't think they particularly want Eddie Smith to testify, but mm -hmm. they want to put in evidence of the roadside shooting to paint the fuller picture of, of Alec Murdoch's motivations. The defense is objecting really strongly because mm -hmm. this happened months after the killings. So how could this be a motivation for murder? And I think Judge Newman, uh, he continues to impress me. He's taking his time. He's hearing arguments in the morning because we're at the point in the trial now where I do think it's wise for the trial judge to be thinking about the, the overall record here. He's let in a lot of financial crimes evidence right. to prove motive. He did disallow 
The claim of Maggie Bean talking about infidelity some 15 years ago. So I think for the first time, correct me if I'm wrong, he's he's ruled in favor of the defense, held out evidence. And so now this other broader issue is before him. And I think he's he's wisely recognizing that this trial can spin out of control a bit unless there's some clear thinking from the legal Mm -hmm. standpoint. And I'm not saying he should rule one way or the other, but I do think he's wise to really look at this and carefully consider it because it's a close legal question in my view. Charlie, would the 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 legal principle we've heard so much about so far, res gesti, would that apply to the roadside shooting? It, it, because Explain you can, res gesti. Which, the whole story, am I right? It, res gesti broadly means the whole story. And Dick tried to say today that you can't have motive after the fact, but... Yes, that's... I, I, I think if he allows it in, he's going to use that as an additional. I think res gesti, it's thing done. I believe that's what it translates from, from Latin. And it typically had been used, my understanding, where it's more immediate. Mm. And, of course, this is way after the fact. But I think where Prosecutor Waters was coming from is you can't really explain his, his, his actions without knowing the full picture. And the full picture being that this man uses acts of violence to take attention away from himself now. Some would say, well, that's such a stretch because acts of violence. I mean, here you're, it's one thing to have a botched assisted suicide. It's another to be killing your son and, and uh, wife to divert attention. But there does seem to be a symmetry there that is appealing, I think, to the state. But I think what's troubling the judge is, well, the symmetry sounds good, but it's months afterwards. And I would let right. you have days and days of financial crimes for which he's not on trial, which is to prove motive. So what's... And remember, we, there was where some do, discussion about that. Where do we get that. off this train and yes, yeah. get said, a verdict? What's the exception here? Is it is motive? It's his pattern? Is it intent? And so far, he's been under the motive. And I think, we'll see what happens, but I think he, he may be thinking, I, I've let this go a, a good ways here now. Let me be a little bit careful with this next decision. And if he allows it in... Uh, and you're talking about the roadside shooting. Roadside. The, 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 and the, the botched suicide attempt. Right. Oh, you know, it's all. You yeah, know, all so part it's all the, together. And then yeah, you get yeah. the drugs. Just so stuff. people know, like, we're talking about that Labor Day uh, botched suicide attempt that his. Assisted suicide. <laughs> botched yeah, yeah. Assisted suicide attempt, you know, along with his uh, alleged longtime drug dealer, Curtis Eddie Smith, who's sitting in jail in Lexington County on charges right now. And doesn't look like he's going to be testifying at all. Doesn't look like he's going to be testifying. We do have a clip. Max, can we pull up that last clip about the the roadside shooting to, to explain a little bit about what they're talking about? Kind of skip over one of our clips? Because I think it does kind of speak to... Oh, it does. I mean, the whole factual pattern here is okay great amazing. yeah max has got it for us let's hear what the this is what we, we've got it butted up against each other this the defense and the the state i think be or, good yeah this is this is good didn't do it and i think they will concede he didn't do it to get some sort of sympathy he did it to be dead that's why he did it and unfortunately eddie smith at four feet couldn't shoot somebody in the head and kill him he meant to. What is important, Your Honor, is that it's in reaction to the confrontation with Chris Wilson about the fares fees that came to the head on June 7th, 2021, and it's about what the defendant said, that he was attacked by an unknown assailant as he was trying to change a tire and went so far as to do a composite drawing, and it created the effect, as this case had, as this investigation had gone on, that, oh my gosh, the real killers are back to finish the job. 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Yeah. There you go. Wow. I mean, you know, that's the defense and the and wow. and Creighton Waters. You heard Dick Harpootlian, and then you heard Creighton Waters. And this was not with the jury present. This was at the end of the day. And the reason we're talking about this right now is because if they open the door, which is what Judge Newman's been talking about, saying, you know, he kind of both opened the door on this at different times. You've one person's talked about him taking pills. One person's talked about what happened in September with Marion Proctor. It just, you know, it just keeps on snowballing. Symbol is a good word. And of course we did have the little detective testimony from Marion Proctor, right? Well, and we have that as well. Which is reference to drug usage and watching his father not use illegal drugs. And so Oh, it, it worried me on so many levels when I heard <laughs> sure. that. Didn't it worry you? Like, you're like, wait a minute, Paul Murdoch, the this the victim of this brutal murder, used to go look for pills from his dad. Is that what to make sure he we, was on the straight and narrow? To make sure That's he right. was on the straight and narrow. Yeah. So was this a family? So so, is Rem- that mean it was a, like a, a family secret that that this has been. This has been brewing for a while, this whole pill mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And from a legal standpoint, I think where Judge Newman is, he let the financials in. He's noted that the defense it's has also, along with the state, has had reference to drug rehab or drug usage. Now we have the little detective testimony in relative to Paul. And so if he goes with letting the Eddie Smith testimony in, wow, where does it stop? So I think that's where we are from a legal standpoint. Close Max, legal do you want to play that little detective for us so you can hear what, what Marion Proctor said on the stand? If there were pills in the house that his dad was taking that he wasn't supposed to, Paul was determined that he would find them. Well, you know what's really, what really telling about that? Or the really interesting inside mm-hmm. baseball look at that? If we'll remember back to early in the trial, there was a sled interview with Alec Murdoch on June the 10th. And in that sled interview, June 10th, Alec Murdoch told them, Paul was an intuitive little guy. He was like a little detective. He did not. Yes, Yes, he he did. did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And that's where where that nickname came from. Wow. And to hear that that nickname, Little Detective, was given to him by his mom because wow he was looking for pills wow one thing that uh one thing that we heard at the beginning of Marion Proctor's testimony and it you know i this isn't about me this isn't about I- any of us so much but to give a, a little insight into it she said at the beginning that paul was misrepresented had been misrepresented to the media and i think we're hearing largely from everyone who's talked about Paul, uh, whether he was driving the boat, whether he wasn't driving the boat, whether he did have a, an alter ego when he drank mm-hmm. too much or was partying too hard, and who, who doesn't have that alter ego? 
as I've joked before, <laughs> as I've joked before, I think I'm the funniest guy in the world when I've been uh, overserved, and m my wife and a yeah. lot of people in my life will tell yeah. me, eh, "You're not so funny, bud." And you're uh, also invisible too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we. Uh, th that's an inside joke for everyone. Um, <laughs> it, it, again, not trying to make light of this, but Ma Maggie saying that Paul has been mis misrepresented and that he's such a sweet little boy. Mm -hmm. And again, I, mm -hmm. I, not to make this about myself, but to give a, mm -hmm. a bit of an insight, a child of an addict, mm -hmm. the child of an alcoholic, uh, an addict in, in general, and you grow up in an environment like that, you can make, uh, you, you, you do things, it would not be entirely unprecedented for a child to mm -hmm. go and pour out the liquor bottle mm -hmm. or dump the pills down the uh, dump the pills down the drain mm -hmm. and to play that protector role because it's it's there's a lot that you can psychoanalyze whether it's a self-preservation you're trying to mm -hmm. increase stability in the home you're trying mm -hmm. to protect yourself and at the end of the day Paul loved his dad I'm sure well, it sounded it, like it, there, there's so much, that that was such an enlightening bit of testimony is as to who Paul Murdoch was in the life to me anyway, who Paul Murdoch was and the life he lived and why, why would Paul need to be a little detective? Because it says to me, it says a lot about Alec and yeah. who he was behind closed doors. Yeah. Yes. There was a lot going on in that household and we just barely got to scratch the surface today with, um, with, with what Marion was telling us, it was stuff that we wanted to know. We kind of wanted to hear from, possibly even from John Marvin and Buster and Randy, you know, to some degree to like kind of let us understand what was going on. Max, you've got a question for us, don't you? Yeah, going back to um, when Dick Harpooline was talking about um, the incident on the roadside, I thought there was a something that he kind of said that if you're the prosecution kind of bodes well for you as a second shooter when he says, Eddie, couldn't hit him four feet away. Right. And if if he was able to help him commit a su assisted suicide and he's four feet away, how could he have shot Paul? Right, right. Oh, yeah. So, well, that is interesting. Yeah, th that that takes a, a leap of logic to be able to believe that the the uh, story was true. The, the story we're getting from Eddie and Alec is entirely truthful either way. And I, I think that gets into our, our jumping off point here about Eddie. Um, Dick Dick Arputlian made the point today. He Eddie Smith has told six different stories uh, since they've since he's been in custody or since he's been questioned about all of this. And Dick was basically salivating at the chance to get Eddie Smith on the stand to to he show said, him. Please give me yeah. give me him. Um, let's cross examine him for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, he's got six stories I've heard so far. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what isn't that exactly what Dick said? Yep. He was like. He, he comes up with a new tale every time I talk to him yep. about this. And that was, uh, we, we were speculating last week, when are we going to get Eddie? And then the water the, the watershed moment, the, the, the real moment of realization today is when they put Agent Bernie from SLED, the forensic accountant, on the stand, and they stopped questioning him short of at going into detail about where all Alex's money's going. Mm -hmm. And that's how you directly set up Eddie Smith. They've mentioned him in the DNA but they don't really start talking about Eddie Smith until they talk about where all Alex's money was going, and they didn't they didn't ask him any further about that. So at that point, it was clear to me today we're not getting Eddie Smith. And then at the end of the day, Dick Harputlian tells us why. If the state doesn't want him up there, mm -hmm. the, and the defense if the defense would love to have him up there, that's 
Yeah, citizen. I'm not well, the defense can still call him, right? Oh, of course. And but at this stage of trial, having seen the evidence, I don't know what he would add, right, relative to proving the state's case. Unless he was directly involved with some with this somehow, which is to the question we were asked, Max. Right? If if he's directly involved then the state has another issue on its hands. Yeah, and, and refresh my memory, but it's been, we're now in this fourth week, right? But I can't remember a witness that's been up there where the defense has really been able to discredit, right? Really go there. Well, except for today. Well, not discredit. Oh, the hose one. It yeah, didn't discredit. One, yeah, we didn't discredit Dale. The flat it out. Yeah, it was, it was, it was nullified into... Right. Paint the scene so here. That was the only. That was literally the yeah, first yeah, time that yeah. I actually heard where the defense kind of, kind of took apart the state's. They whole did. They did a really good me. job with that because they had this detailed testimony about the hose being put up a certain way. Mm-hmm. And this it, is in the dog kennel, and we've been hearing about mm-hmm. this water right. nearby, right. And, and then the inference being that uh, the killer quickly grabbed the hose and washed out blood, and uh, Attorney Griffin was able to quickly point to a. I guess a, a video. The slow video it down. That, that they've been using against. Yeah, and it showed Alex. the hose on the ground. So the state should have either put that in themselves or not used this witness because I right. think it was just flat. It was a minor detail given the tremendous events of the day between the forensic pathologist and Marion Proctor, but it was a flat witness. But other than that witness, which was a short witness, that was- I think if you put Eddie Smith up there, as I understand what he would say, you could probably have four or five hours of vigorous, effective cross-examination, and we're getting towards the end of this case. I think the state would want to end this case on a, on a strong note. Right. That's why I think the, the case agent, I would think, would be uh, a really good ending witness slash. Don't we have some more videos of the defendant? Where he we do, came? and that's... Okay, so where do we land with that? Um, I think I was going in to do my 6 o'clock package when all this was going down, but do we know exactly where we're landing right now? with the that recording that it, that third interview that we're hearing about um isn't that what agent yeah Owens they is were be? uh creighton waters was talking about a 15 to 30 minute and and, and attorney harputling said it was no it's over 30. I'm, i i think he said it was made, under 30. He, he was but it was more he said it was more than 15 under 30. i think creighton undersold it a little I bit do we think this is the video when they came and gave their version explaining the roadside and then they confronted him with the snapchat you know i don't i don't know i almost got the sense because dick and jim were present that this one was because if i remember correctly that third sled interview mm-hmm. was in august around the time that duffy stone recused himself mm-hmm. this would have been another sled interview in september with the snapchat picture being yeah he's august would, i think august that's would have right. been oh, that's august okay. would have been snapchat. Well, that would be a strong way to end it um so and we haven't gotten that video yet, but I, I assume assume we likely will. Uh, but I think this other video this is uh, is more related to the financial crimes and the roadside shooting than it is to and Eddie Smith than it is to. I that. see. But I, I would expect to see both of those tomorrow, honestly. Yes. So there's a lot that we um, are expecting to see tomorrow. Yeah, and I think almost I, too much. Can yeah, you say I, too much? Too, I think we're looking in, into another day, right? Yeah. But I don't think it's a fair statement. Now we've we've talked about this, but there's puzzle pieces still around, and I am waiting for the state of South Carolina to pull it together some, right, before yeah. the end of their case, because there's some confusing, incriminate. I think clearly incriminating circumstances out there, but I would mm-hmm. think they would want to have one witness to to wrap some of this more together before the fence kick, kicks off their case. Well, and we've got, so let's think about these dead ends before we get, like dead ends, let's, loose ends. They're loose not dead ends. ends, they're loose ends. 
the the loose ends that we're dealing with with this site right now for me is the timeline i need them yes. to tie this timeline together and make it stick i'm not there yet i i, I you know it, as far as what they're trying to tell mm -hmm. me i need to hear more Mm -hmm. That's what a good you, point. What, like like we sense? had the person from OnStar, right? The GM person. He just puts a CD into evidence, right? I'm assuming mm -hmm. that's consistent with their timeline. But how do you tie that in? Yeah, I mean, we, we literally had a witness that came from GM with the OnStar data. Very cool to have mm -hmm. them here to hear that there's more OnStar data to look at. But none of us heard anything about it, which is fine. Right. But when do we get to hear about it? I know. It? Who, who ties that in? Why do you put it into evidence if you don't want to do something? Mm -hmm. um, what what else? Timeline, what else is really sticking out to us? Uh, the Gucci receipt, but that's, I feel like that's low-hanging <laughs> fruit. Um, and what uh, Maggie's engagement ring, um, getting more on, and we got more on it today with the little detective comment in the opioids uh, and Alex's mm -hmm. drug habits um, that had been a lingering issue. Uh, we, God, what, there's... Clothing is, is good for the, the state, yeah. but it's a little confusing, right? The so. clothes. Uh, what oh, was yeah. He, what are they going to about the T-shirt? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I think the um, I, I think the the jacket. They need to make clear uh, what they what they intended what they intended say about the jacket like what are they trying to i think we know they weren't they're trying to in, insinuate that the jacket was used to conceal weapons or some other items that were present at the crime scene and got gunshot residue on right, them right and that's why that blue jacket is important um I, those are the i think those are yeah, the main yeah. ones what is it what is the exact time between the kennel video and the death in the death of uh, about five oh, minutes. Five minutes. Yep. They they can. If I uh, someone please fact check me on this. I'm very very confident in it though. But I believe Creighton Waters in his opening statement said that Paul's Maggie's Paul and Maggie's death occurred sometime right after 8:49 p.m. Mm -hmm. around 8:50. Now does that create reasonable doubt for you if you're a juror? The five minute gap, so to speak. No, not at all. It, there's no there's no time. Uh, there's no. There's no way, if, if if I'm in a juror's shoes, that I can think that 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 those murders happened in that that same time frame, and that Matt that Alec somehow wasn't aware of the gunshots or a strange vehicle or strange people or something. It, it, and he it, number it's one, it goes back to his yeah. his alibi yeah. and saying he and telling everybody who'd listened who who wasn't there and his. Plus, also, we got it's been so long ago, but remember his original alibi, he, I feel like in that first interview, he, or first body camera video, or maybe that first interview, he gave a timeline way longer for how long he was away from that house than, the, than what it ended up being. Right. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to hear how the defense is going to get him out of this kennel video. The one where we hear his voice, we now just had Marion Proctor, her, her husband, Bart, once again, verify that that's Alex's voice on there. They want this to be locked down. So obviously the defense just has to go with it at this point. Yeah, let me throw something right? up from a legal standpoint, which has been in my head for a couple of days now. If the defense puts up the possibility of another person being involved with killing uh, Maggie and Paul, but you also think as a juror, well, that may be correct, but I know that Alec directed it. There's a legal concept in South Carolina called hand of one, hand of all. And in cases in which there is proof of someone else being involved, but you're also involved with it equally, you ask the judge for that charge. Now, 
Mm. If I'm prosecuting this case, I don't know if I'd ask for that because that may cut against my thesis of the case in which he's the lone gunman. But that may be a distinct possibility once the evidence all ends. They may, I don't know, we'll have to see. Can they do that? Can they change what they're asking? Well, it's can they it, go in with that? You can kind of? if if the if the evidence supports a hand of one hand of all charge, and I don't think that evidence is there yet. But I'm positing that the defense will come forward with some credible evidence. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they will, That's but if there's something credible that shows that someone else could be involved, I think a reasonable juror could easily believe. Wait a minute, now there's no way that person could have done it without Alec either hiring them or being directly involved, hand of one hand of all. So, do they ask for that? We'll have to wait and see if, That's it, if we get that far. That's fascinating. Well, uh, we've got a whole other day ahead. Oh, wait, but Drew's got one more I, Just one that has been on my mind since early on in the episode. Uh, early on in the episode, talking about Maggie, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Marion Proctor, Maggie's sister. She said, and she was talking about how Alec was focused on clearing Paul's name in the boat case. Mm-hmm. That wasn't new ground. Mm-hmm. you got to remember back to last week, Paul's mm-hmm. friend, Tootin, Nathan Tootin, mm-hmm. said the same thing. He, he, ferry, he shuttled Alec oh, to the wow. airport after the, uh, he shuttled Alec to yeah, the airport one day in July. And he re- specifically recalls Alec telling him, I, I, I want to clear Paul's name. We're going to, we're going to, this is two witnesses proving state of mind. Yeah. Right. And not looking for the killers. Well, for sure. But, you know, in in defense came back pretty strong. I think they're swinging with this as well. They're saying, well, didn't Maggie say that she didn't think Paul was driving the boat? Oh, yeah. Which I thought was fascinating. That was what Marion testified to, that that Maggie didn't think Paul was driving the boat and that this had always been a very big thing for her. Now, I could see I could see the defense sort of obsessing over this point and saying that he was not in his mind, he wasn't in his right mind, and he was thinking this was the only way he could make things right was to do what Maggie always wanted, which was to make her boy clear of these charges, basically. So I'm just kind of coming in from, like, left field on that a little bit, but I could see see defense really playing this this part. The state has a a fertile field for Alec's state of mind on the other side. Sure. And the actions of a grieving person. I mean, look at him. He's lost 100 pounds. And I I, like think to your point just now, what did what did Blanca say? He told her, go fix up the house like Maggie liked it. Was he was it like a denial almost that uh, she was gone? uh, Yeah. And what was it? um, Was it an act or was it uh, in that? That's what we get getting all down to. We got to go. Yeah. (laughs) But that's that's. It's just something to think about for as we go into this, because we will be wrapping prosecution, getting into defense at some point, and we will start hearing about this. So we will have more for you tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us on Unsolved South Carolina Murdoch Murders, Money, and Mystery. We are going to be here for uh, you guys all the way through this trial. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much, and thank you for all of your input today. Thanks, Max. Thank you.